your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman, you can call me locked on tone. But, you know, as we all know, the NFL offseason, the entire year, whether we talk about the football or not, it has been altered by the COVID-19 pandemic. But this season, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all of the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed game. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And from Monday through Friday, Texans talk never stops. When you talk to Cody and I, when you listen to Locked on Texans, where we have a lot in store for today, we have the Baltimore Ravens coming up, and we have to take a look at how the Houston Texans can beat the Baltimore Ravens defense. We talked about what they can do offensively with the running back position with David Johnson, also looking at how can they scheme better with Duke Johnson getting out, uh, well, being out rather due to injury. We know that he's going to miss some time, so what can they do to get everybody involved? Um, And I think we focused yesterday on the receivers in the running back position, being creative and calling plays, uh, getting the Baltimore Ravens defense on their heels a little bit, going really fast. But today we're going to talk about the tight end position. Cannot wait to discuss that for a very big reason, of course. Um, I got to eat there a few uh, listeners just to have a little fun with it today. And then we're going to also end the show off with discussing how even on your birthday, haters always try to spoil your fun, especially if you if they know you just signed a fat contract so you got some money in your pocket. Before we get into everything, I definitely want to let you guys know some of Houston's moves that they made. The Houston Texans signed Farrell Brown, tight end Farrell Brown, who's 6'6", 258 pounds, his third year in the league out of Oregon. They signed him to the active roster uh, from the practice squad. And the reason why that move was made was because Houston also placed Kaheli Warren. They placed him on injury reserve list as well yesterday. Um, and the Houston Texans also re-signed Cordell Iguagu, the guard out of TCU, 23 years old, 309 pounds, that's 6'3", back to the practice squad. So, you know, we saw the swapping out, placing one tight end on IR, bringing one guy up from the practice squad, Farrell Brown. And let me just say this, you know, Ultimately, I think we have to analyze that there was a, an entire different regime in place when Kahali Warren was drafted. And that regime lasted maybe a snap, sneeze, and a cough. You know, it was very quick. That's how quick it was over with in regards to Brian Gain as the GM. Now, Brian Gain did a few good things. He brought in Bradley Roby, right? Uh, he drafted, was a part of the draft process of Max Sharpen. Okay, so, and those are two guys that I'm really big on. However, he's had a lot of questionable moves. And in the third round, they drafted Kaheli Warren. And from the jump, I just thought it was a bad draft. I thought it was a bad move to bring him in. You know, I was kind of crucified a little bit, just to play on words with crucifixion, but I was crucified a little bit because I was 
you know, told not we didn't give him a chance, give him time to play. He only played 36% of special teams Thursday. Got hurt again. I think you just bite your losses, move on from them. Maybe you see what you got out of them when you can bring him back off of IR. Um, however, I think moving forward, you have to know that Fells and Akins are your guys. You stick to them. I don't think there's any room to bring him up when you just don't know if he's going to be effective or not. And so swapping those guys out, placing one tight end on IR, bringing one up from the practice squad, Houston did what they have to do to make sure that the roster spots are filled for that position because, you know, simply you never know. You never really know. But um, I, I think moving forward, just keep him where he's at. You know, we don't need to see anything. Yes, he has speed. Yes, he has a great route running ability. Uh, yes, he had a good video that surfaced from training camp that, you know, all the Texas fans was like, see, I told you. But once again, I told you, he's not going to be able to contribute if he's not on the field. Your best ability is availability. I've always believed that. I believe that from any sport. If you're not on the field, if you're not on the court, then why are you here? And that's just the reality of it. You know, I, what I don't want to do is really focus on Kahali right now. Uh, and, you know, I may sound like I'm bagging on him, but Godspeed to his injury. Uh, hopefully he can come back and be an effective player for the Houston Texans. But I want to focus on Akins. I want to focus on his two catches for 39 yards, a very good touchdown catch that he had in the back of the end zone. I want to focus on the fact that since he's arrived, right, Houston has had not necessarily a revolving door, but they've had a committee of tight ends, right? You look at Ryan Griffin. You look at uh, you look at what they did with Jordan Thomas. You look at Darren Fells. You look at him. You look at everybody that they've brought in at the tight end position. But, you know, he's really the only one that has continuously stuck out. Darren Fells also stuck out last year, had seven touchdowns, was a red zone threat, uh, really wasn't used in Thursday night's game because Houston rarely saw the red zone. You know, on one of those touchdowns, it went to Akins. The other one was a running by Deshaun Watson. But I think athletically, he's more gifted than any of the other tight ends on the rosters. I think I think he's had more time and an opportunity with Deshaun Watson to really get a rhythm uh, about his game. And I think flat out, just to say it, he's the better tight end. We need to get him more involved in, in Sunday. This offense is really, like I mentioned, like we've all mentioned, whether it doesn't really matter where you are. It can be locked on Texans. It can be KHOU. It can be Channel 13. Whenever sports are brought up and we talk about the Houston Texans, the loss of DeAndre Hopkins has came up over the past six or seven months. And we have to look at the fact that all of these pieces that was brought in was brought in to do one thing and that was worked together to make up for that. And then not only to make up for, but to expand on the offense. And so, you know, I want to see more of Akins. I want to see more of Akins, not to make him a, a primary threat in this offense, right? I'm not saying that he's he's Gronk. I'm not saying that he's Evan Ingram. I'm not saying that he's Jimmy Jimmy Graham when he was hot. I'm not saying he's any of those things. But I, I am saying that he has the capability to be a really key piece in this offense. And I, and I, I think a lot of times the offense gets lost around him. Right. It's not that he gets lost. Like you ever see a guy that's just lost out there and he's not making plays because he's just in his own world or not being utilized. I think he needs to be utilized more. If he's creating those problems and creating those mismatches, 
you know, issues for the opposing defenses, then the offense will be able to open up more because now you have to worry about him. You have to worry about David Johnson. You have to worry about Will Fuller. You have to worry about a lot of other guys, and it puts pressures on the defense. Well, I'll tell you one thing, John. I know you don't want to keep dwelling on wearing, but I know one thing is for sure. Going into this season, there was a lot of questions surrounding who was going to be the number one tight end. We all thought it was going to be Darren Fails. Of course, due to the fact that he had a phenomenal 2019 season and he signed a two-year extension. But I believe the biggest thing we're wearing is the fact that the Texans and even the fans were looking at him as the future of the franchise at that tight end position. However, with that being said, it seems like the future of this tight end position is going to be for Jordan Aikens. All of that being said, and Thursday night football around the corner this season, like I told you guys earlier, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. So none of that other flack that you don't care for. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all of the action, all of the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You can also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from players' perspective as they break down game concepts and techniques. Learn from your Houston Texans star Deshaun Watson, or you can learn from Stephen Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Now that I let you get your spill over about the Kaheli Waring situation and the tight end, it is time for us to switch our attention over to the game on Sunday. The big game on Sunday, I might add, when your Houston Texans take on the Baltimore Ravens. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a very crucial game because... I don't want to see it. John, I know you don't want to see it. And listeners at home, I know you don't want to see it as well. You don't want to see this team go down 0-2. And although they might bet to differ, I'm pretty sure that going down 0-2 would do something to their psyche. And I just don't want to see this team go down in the 0-2 hole. However, on the flip side of things, the Houston Texans have a very tough schedule to open up this season. Of course, last week we saw what happened in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we're playing against arguably the second best team in this AFC conference in the Baltimore Ravens. With that being said, one of the biggest things the Houston Texans will have to try to come up with a game plan to do is, of course, put points on the board. And this is not your normal, okay, we're going to try to go out there and get 21 to 27 points. No, you're playing against the Ravens, which means this most likely might be a shootout. And we all remember what happened last year. And I'm going to talk about last year's game in a little bit. But it's going to be important for the Houston Texans to find ways to put points on the board. And with that being said, everyone is going to have their eyes set on that receiving core. We know the embarrassment. Well, I'm not going to say embarrassment because that was their first game, but we know the disappointment that they showed last week. You're looking at it from a standpoint where the Texans receiving core will look for a bounce back performance, but it's going to be tough because they're going to be going up against arguably one of the best secondaries that this league has to offer. The Baltimore Ravens secondary is tough. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to break it down to you guys like this, but I truly do believe that this receiving core going up against that secondary 
is more than likely is going to disappoint us yet again. Last season, the Ravens finished six in allowing the least amount of passing yards, giving up a total of 3,315 yards on an average of 207 yards per game. And Houston actually got a dose of how great that secondary is during their week 11 loss against the Ravens last year. The Texans were held to a total of 110 passing yards. And the worst part about that was that was with DeAndre Hopkins on his team. Hopkins, by the way, only recorded 80 reception yards on a total of seven catches. Now moving forward to the 2020 season with the release of Earl Thomas, their secondary did take a little bit of a step back and it showed a tad bit in their week one victory against the Cleveland Browns when they gave up a total of 168 passing yards. But the best part about that was Jarvis Landry only recorded 61 reception yards on five catches and Odell Beckham Jr. only recorded 22 yards on three catches. Now, yes, I know some of that Maybe a great deal of that has to do with the fact that Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. But at the end of the day, the fact that the Ravens secondary held Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. under 70 reception yards in the same game says a lot about their secondary. Like I just mentioned, their secondary might have taken a little bit of a step back with the release of Earl Thomas, but they still have Marlon Humphrey and they still have Marcus Peters. Humphrey is turning into one of the best defensive backs this game has to offer in 2020. I hate to say it, ladies and gentlemen, but the Texans receiving core has a lot of work to do trying to get accustomed to one another, trying to establish chemistry. This game against the Baltimore Ravens is just going to make things a lot more harder for this team. It's a perplex situation to put Houston in. Uh, they actually had an unfair schedule to open up with. Yeah, the really defending did. Super Bowl champs, Lamar Jackson, who just was, you know, one of the most electrifying MVP seasons we've seen since Cam Newton. And then after the Baltimore Ravens, you got to play a Pittsburgh still a team who offensively looked a lot better than what they did last year. But let's hit the Baltimore. You really don't know what they can do, right? And you, you mentioned how lackluster the offense was last year with DeAndre Hopkins. I hope you guys remember that A.J. McCarron made an appearance in the game. That's how bad the outcome was. And so ultimately, you have to ask yourself, what can Houston do to offset a couple of things Baltimore has? A very great offense. We saw that they picked up right where they left off last regular season and a very good defense. And I would add that I think losing Earl Thomas helps the Baltimore Ravens because now you don't have – I'm going to call it what it is, a cancer-like player in your locker room. And so I, I chose this game to be the game Houston can win. Uh, and I thought after playing the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they will have a more inside look on who they have and who they are and who they want to be. The question of what can they do to be Baltimore? You have to put Baltimore on their heels. You really have to go after Baltimore. And I think Baltimore is one of those teams that can be a little bit polarizing for other, for other franchises, right? You know if Baltimore gets hot, there's no beating them. And a lot of teams, let's face it, there's a lot of bad NFL teams. There's a lot of young NFL teams. There are a lot of young-led NFL teams. And in order to beat them, it starts with your head coach. It starts with – understanding we're going to go into this game and literally not give a flying crap about what you've done the week before us and what you want to do the week after us. Right now we're playing you. You cannot be scared when you play the Baltimore Ravens. 
simply because if you go into a matchup scared with them, they've already won. And Houston's problem that is a concern is you've made those changes throughout the offseason. You lose DeAndre Hopkins. You, you lose players like DJ Reader, who we are, after week one, we, we miss them a lot in that Kansas City Chiefs game. With a lot of turnaround and turmoil in this franchise, you have to ask yourself, okay, what is it that we can do to quiet the noise around us? Going to week two after getting our asses handed to us by the Kansas City Chiefs and prepare. They had 10 days. Those 10 days were crucial, crucial for rest crucial for allowing your body, your player's body to rest after not playing in a regular season game, after not playing in a regulation game, period, since January. They had a lot of catching up to do. They were behind. Offensive lineman was coming off the ball, slow, missing blocks, uh, very slow first step, missing tackles, bad angles. They were behind. It is what it is. Call it what it was. And they are going up against last year's MVP who had a very good week one. Look, John, the 10-day layoff will help, but at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to be enough, especially going up against that secondary. Look, in order for any team, not just the Texans, to beat the Ravens, their quarterback and wide receiver group must be on the same accord. And as of right now, you cannot say that about Deshaun Watson and what he's going on the field with. That is part of the reason why I talked about how important David Johnson in the Texans running game is going to be on Sunday when they try to get their first win of the season against Baltimore. But on the flip side of that, they have Calais Campbell, which is going to make running against that team a lot more harder than it was before. So at the end of the day, I hate to say it, we might be looking at a situation where when you and I jump back on the mics next week, we might be talking about a team who is staring down a 0-2 hole. Now, the best part about it is, after this game, their schedule do get a little bit easier, starting with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, I know they did look good, especially with Ben Roethlisberger coming back. But it's still beat going up against Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to open up your 2020 season. I'm more concerned about what this would do to their psyche as they try to bounce back from this. But hopefully they could prove me wrong and come out with a victory on Sunday. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance, a big chain store. But it only costs $216.79 at rockauto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com before we get out of here guys i want to i want to tell you guys about the vultures out there you just made some money came up on a, a big fat check deposited in your bank account watch who you tell watch who finds out because then you may get sued because what did this? What did this guy do, Cody? A local photographer here in Houston. I'm just tell you guys what happened. A local photographer here in Houston filed a suit Monday against Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson in a Houston federal court, accusing Deshaun Watson of violating copyright laws by publishing the photographer's picture on Instagram account on an Instagram account, Deshaun's account, without permission. I'm not going to say this guy's name. I'm not going to give him any, you know, clicks or anything. Uh, you guys can go check them out if you want to. Check out the story. You can Google it, Deshaun Watson getting sued. You'll find out who this guy is, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I just, I understand it. I get it. You know, he, he's a freelancer photographer. That's how he describes himself, who earns royalties from licensing photographies. I'm sorry, from licensing pictures. But golly, man, it just seems like it's an opportunity because you know he got the money to kind of just say, hey, man, here they go a couple thousand. Just leave me alone. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's. Also, follow the Locked On Texans page at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.